Cause we got the alternative energy right. free autonomy And welcome to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network Step one, I always feel sad about that you know, somebody else coming and telling them to move from their own country. That's not on. That's not very good. The people must stay where they belong. Yes. You know, we're not going to just sit by and let this go unnoticed. We're going to get out there and hammer the government to listen to us. Every time these things happen, put in in place, they rip all the pages out of our books. And we can't tell those stories no more because they're not there no more. And that's why it hurts us so much. And that's why I'm, I'm saying no to this waste dump because it's in a very significant woman's sight. This week on The Radioactive Show, we are hearing from four important people in the nuclear-free movement. Regina McKenzie and Enos Marsh, Adnyamatna women, Lucy Lester, Yankanjara woman, and Senator Scott Ludlam, delivering a farewell to nuclear disarmament champion Dr Bill Williams. Regina McKenzie, Enos Marsh and Lucy Lester spoke out recently at Exposure, a community expo in Port Augusta focused on the nuclear waste dump plans for South Australia. Let's hear now from Regina McKenzie speaking about the radioactive racism that is currently targeting her country in the Flinders Ranges for a national nuclear waste dump. What we were talking about yesterday is about, we're talking about an impact on our young people. This is my daughter and the little ones, that's my granddaughters. It's our children that these waste dumps are going to affect. How can we sing our songs like that to our kids when we got poison on the land. When our storylines are being impacted by the white man. You know, they're putting stuff, they've got no respect for our, what we think, talking about. That place, that first song she's talking about, that's the Seven Sisters song she's talking about. How can our, us women still sing our songs when they put poison on something in that, in, on our Seven Sisters storylines? This is the thing that I want to put out to them to the white society. Our belief and our culture is under attack. Long time ago, they used to shoot Arnold and Eurus. They used to poison us, they used to do a lot of bad things, but they still poison us, because they're still trying to put waste dumps and poison next to Aboriginal communities. Every waste dump is next, being next to every an Aboriginal community. And the thing is, is that I might be sounding like I'm a bit, getting a bit paranoid, but the thing is, I don't think I am because they keep putting it next to our people. They tested the bomb on our people. They always testing things, putting it near us, because they think that we are a minority people. That's why they're picking on Arnonga people, on Aboriginal people, on Euros. And you know, I don't like the word indigenous because, like, oh, if I ask you, Kat, where are you born, Kat? Melbourne. Melbourne. She is indigenous to Melbourne. That's what indigenous mean. All right? The word Aboriginal, the word Aboriginal means, it means in Latin, the original inhabitants of the land. 
Every time we write a letter, always write Aboriginal first. Then when, like Charlie said, you put Aboriginal and then you put Yura or Arnaro. You put these words in because that in word Indigenous is not a good word. I don't like it. John but the thing, that's John Howard's word, okay? That's, they keep trying to put labels on us. We are who we are. Like, we, are, we have our countries. We have our nations. This, um, at the moment, the National Waste Dump is in my father's country. My father's country at the moment has been named on a place. And we, want, we need help of, from everybody to say no to this waste dump. And it's not a good place. It's, and the thing is, like I keep saying, this poison does not discriminate. It's going to poison not only Blafala, it's going to poison Whitefella as well. Then we've got to take in where they're going to bring it in, all the roads they're going to use, if they're going to bring it by sea. It's, it's going to poison anywhere and everywhere if they have accidents. They always have accidents. But the thing is, that what I want to say is about this waste dump, I was fighting with it from the first time, the six sites. We went, to, we went to Canberra. They wouldn't even speak to us. All six sites. That minister would not speak to us. They only spoke to me and Vivian after when they was in care mode, caretaker mode. And, you know, the, the, and the, it, it's just the audacity of, of, of the governments, how they look at us Aboriginal people. They believe that they keep saying to us, we must give up our rights and our culture for the good of the, of the state. You know, that's wrong. We are, we're, we're, the, we're the first people. When we say no, we mean no. And I know that the Ajimata people, they've always said, they've always said no. We've been out there saying no all the time. And um, I just want to say that um, this state, we all should say no, because it is a white force thing too. Because our, our, our mura is our past, our present and our future. And whether we like it or not, white force is part of our present at the moment. And you white folks, you are part of our future as well. You should be learning about our culture. You should be educated in Aboriginal, Aboriginal culture, Euro culture, so that you'll understand us better. And you'll understand why we say no to these places. When mining companies in that take out big hills, they're taking out our storyline, our book. They're ripping out our pages out of our book. The land is our book. When we're taught little, we walk along the land and we're told stories and we read it from the land. That's the thing that our, our people are missing out on. Every time these things happen, put it in place, they rip all the pages out of our books. And we can't tell those stories no more because they're not there no more. And that's why it hurts us so much. And that's why I'm, I'm saying no to this waste dump because it's in a very significant woman's site. It's going to affect all women, not just women in, in the Flinders Ranger, it's going to affect all the women because it's on a seven sister storyline. And that's what I'm, I just want to say, no to the dump. That was Regina McKenzie, Adnyamatna woman, defending her land from a radioactive waste dump, speaking in Port Augusta at the Exposure Community Expo on Radioactive Waste. Listen in now to Ines Marsh, NAIDOC Elder of the Year, speaking about her opposition to the nuclear waste dump on Adnyamatna country. First of all, we had six sides, six nominated sides in South Australia. And suddenly, there was only one. I got this phone call 2.30 in the morning from the advertiser to tell me 
tell me this. On my mobile phone, that there is now one site for the nuclear waste dump. And, oh, all kinds of things happened to me. And I, I, and I described it to the, uh, to the citizens' jury. I felt as though I'd been struck a blow to the back of the head with an axe. And immediately, quite a few people started crying. And I thought, hey, this is when I'm supposed to be crying. But no, I was the wrong one, I, uh, the strong one. I wanted to go on and explain just how it affected our people and me, my family, my cousin. The, the Mackenzie family at Yapala, the Viliwarana Euros. And we sang a song last night about a place called Viliwarana. And the, the group of family, the Mackenzie family, they are called Viliwarana Aboriginal Corporation. And they are on an IPA, an Indigenous Protected Area which is 500 metres, approximately 500 metres away, that is where the government wants to put the waste down. And it's on a fault line. It's on a sacred site. It's in an area where there's fossilised bones. So it's an ancient burial site. It's Munda Place. And when I say Munda place, and a lot of you will know, it's a sacred spiritual place. You do not dig up something that's been there for 60,000 years. It's wrong, it's irresponsible, and it must not happen. This is The Radioactive Show, produced in the studios of 3CR and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. That was Enos Marsh, Adnyamatna Elder, speaking out against radioactive waste on Aboriginal land. Let's hear now from Lucy Lester, proud Yankanjata woman and the mother of Rose and Karina Lester, dedicated sisters fighting for a nuclear-free future. She is speaking about the British nuclear bomb testing program in South Australia, that forced Aboriginal people off their land in the 1950s and 60s. And uh, we knew about it. I knew about it. There was something on there. We heard a little bit about Maralinga um, test there. And um, I learned later, um, they sent a patrol officer, Mr. McDonald, Mr. McDougall, to move the people from the area away from the, where they was going to test. And uh, that made me very sad. You know, people have to go from their land to somewhere else. That's their land, that's their mora. And um, they have to move. And Mr. McDougall couldn't get through to other places because there was no road going to see the people, contact the people and tell them, you've got to move from here because uh, there's a big thing coming. They're going to bomb test in your area. 
and the people was going and he was helping them to move to another area. That one, I always feel sad about that. You know, somebody else coming and telling them to move from their own country. That's not on. That's not very good. The people must stay where they belong. And um, I met a man, blind man, he was uh, affected from the test in Adelaide. And uh, I married to him, that was Yami. And we had three children. And um, when he asked me, I said, what I say, yes or no? Because, you know, I might catch something or something, you know. I was worried about it. But uh, I thought about it, and he's such a great man. Strong speaker and a strong, you know. And um, I said, yes. I lived with him for a long time. We got married in Adelaide, and he never seen my face, he never seen the children's face, but he, he learned our voices. But, um, you know, but we seen his face, beautiful face, and we loved him. Children thought he was a Father Christmas. You know, he, he was a very strong speaking man, out speaking man, for that test took place. And um, so um, we have a lovely children, and uh, I'm very proud of my two daughters. One here now today, doing all interpreting and um, speaking strongly because um, she was helping and learning from her grandmothers from Kukupiti, Kungajura, and uh, they were strong. And um, we all facing problems today. The government never learned from Maralinga test. They want to bring back more worries to our people, Aboriginal people in Australia. And we're all saying this um, uh, nuclear waste dump is a terrible thing. We all heard about it and we're all feeling strongly that we mustn't have that because why they wanted to bring it to Australia? Couldn't they find a place over there in their country? But they seem to be all want to come, bring their waste to Australia. And, uh, you know, I don't think Australia will take any more rubbish to dump it in Australia because it'll get heavy. Australia might sink, and we might all go, you know, because it, it's worry for us, you know, bringing all their nuclear waste from another country to Australia. And um, our people, Aboriginal people, don't want that. They're saying it very strongly, we are saying it, you know. I, I, sometimes I get very sad and 
I can't think more about it. I just bring the tears out. Because I can't work it out. Why they not listen? The government's not listening to our people. They've been a buddy. They just want money. And money won't buy for you. Thank you. I just want to know. Lucy Lester, Yankanjara woman of the Lester family, nuclear test survivors and important voices in the nuclear free movement. I'd now like to play Senator Scott Ludlam's recent speech in the Senate, farewelling the anti-nuclear champion and beautiful human Dr Bill Williams. I rise tonight in shock and sadness to farewell Dr Bill Williams, who passed away the night before last. It's hard to put words into the space that he leaves behind. We have lost a great one. Dear Dimity Hawkins writes, Many of you will know Bill as a great man of vision, passion and compassion. His belief in a world free from nuclear weapons and untethered from the nuclear fuel chain fired our work. His energy, intelligence, humanity and humour inspired all of his friends, colleagues and fellow travellers. Bill lived and worked in Torquay on Victoria's surf coast, a GP with more than 30 years experience. His background in clinical and public health took him from Melbourne University to Zimbabwe to the Mosquito Coast to the Western Desert. Our thoughts tonight are with his partner Kisla and daughters Daisy and Lily and with the wider circle of family and friends who knew and loved him. Bill was not content to confine his passion for healthcare within clinical practice. He was a determined and frequently flamboyant advocate for public health in the widest sense. Not content with only applying his expertise to harms already committed, Bill set out to challenge the ultimate preventable health catastrophe and dedicated decades of his life to the prevention of war and the abolition of nuclear weapons. In the biographical background to his extraordinary 2015 book, Bleed, he writes, Early in my career, I became involved in medical activism to prevent war, oppose militarism, eliminate nuclear weapons, organising protests and civil disobedience campaigns to obstruct and highlight the violence of war. I've been an active member and leader of Nobel Prize-winning International Physicians for the Prevention of Nuclear War, IPPNW, and I'm a founding member of the International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons. ICANN has grown from a handful of us in Melbourne in 2006 to a global campaign with over 400 partner organisations in 95 countries. ICANN is the vanguard of the worldwide civil society campaign for a ban on nuclear weapons, driving and supporting the over 100 governments who have recently endorsed the humanitarian pledge at the UN NPT Review Conference in New York in May 2015, a commitment to negotiate and implement an abolition treaty. If there is a better example of Margaret Mead's reminder about the power of small groups of thoughtful, committed citizens to change the world, I can't immediately think of it. 
that Melbourne handful linked arms with like-minded people all over the world, found their allies in activists and peace workers from every time zone, families who saw their homelands broken in the name of nuclear weapons testing, and in those who fled as children from the white flash and black rain in August 1945. The networks grew, woven together with career diplomats and politicians and military personnel who have served on the front lines of the planet's wars or worked to prepare for the one that must never be fought. Bill writes, After the energetically anti-nuke 80s and the end of the Cold War, nuclear holocaust, always unthinkable, became almost unmentionable. A mass self-censorship, a mental no-fly zone, a cone of silence descended. And little wonder, no sane person wants to contaminate their dreams with this ultimate horror, but to finish this journey of survival to abolition, we need to penetrate the fog of fear and denial, informing ourselves and our neighbours without inducing psychological paralysis. Dear Bill, it is happening. From Torquay to the First Committee of the United Nations General Assembly to the Western Australian Goldfield, somehow it is happening. This weekend, some few dozen of us sat around a fire at Wangathabuni in Kalgoorlie, having travelled from Sejuna, the Flinders Ranges, from Kakadu, from Noongar country in the southwest of Western Australia, from the central coast of New South Wales, from the ancient Pilbara and all corners of Australia, as guests of Wangatha leaders and elders from all around the region. Here at this gathering of the Australian Nuclear Free Alliance, the imaginary distinction between the civil and military arms of the nuclear fuel chain is set aside, and you will hear story of the world's oldest and most resilient system of law. You will hear story of the Spinifex people who fled west when the British government showered their lands with radioactive fission products as the world stumbled into the Cold War. You will hear that in the local language, the state's largest uranium deposit in the calcrete beds of the Illyri pastoral station was known as sickness country, Ulyri, a place of death. And you'll hear it from people who have protected that place from violation for more than 40 years. You will hear that even in 2016, unaccountable governments still target Aboriginal homelands to host intractable radiotoxic wastes from distant reactors and isotope plants in exchange for the modern equivalent of beads and blankets. These campaigns are about as grounded and local as it is possible to get for those who don't choose this work but find themselves chosen by it through forced imposition. In each case, it's impossible to set aside the global dimensions of the uranium market and the customers it serves taking on the uranium miners and the waste merchants of an industrial fuel chain perched on the edge of collapse, you soon discover that these are not environmental campaigns in the traditional sense. They are in fact about land rights, self-determination and ultimately sovereignty. We seem very far from those who sit late into the night in Geneva and New York, negotiating resolutions for the open-ended working group, but we sit and listen by this campfire and we understand that it is all the same work. The people and lands of Central Australia held a magnetic appeal for Bill. It was on a visit to the Pindaby lands of the Western Desert that his wife Gisela collapsed, 1,500 kilometres from the nearest brain surgeon. The horror and hope described in his 2015 work Bleed unfolds. Years after her brain haemorrhage, after recovering her speech, her memories and her particularly dry sense of humour, Gisela returned to country, the Western Australian Desert, 
And it's difficult to comprehend how brave she was to be that far from doctors, an activist in her own right, walking again on Wonkachi country to protect the land that she had adopted after fleeing the nuclear weapons of Europe. It meant a great deal for me to be there within the warm and close-lit nuclear-free community taking those steps with Gisela. Know tonight and tomorrow and the next day that you are held again in that community as we continue our desert walk toward the vision that Bill shared with so many around the world. Bill was a doctor, a person who could comfort and guide through serious illness and crisis, but he was also someone who could sense the energy in a room and effortlessly lift its spirits. Imagine, if you will, at a key meeting of the International Physicians for the Prevention of Nuclear War in Helsinki, with Bill having helped build sufficient institutional determination to get ICANN off the ground, the international campaign against nuclear weapons, that would go on to help energise the present global momentum toward a nuclear ban treaty. Not content with simply wearing the ICANN guru shirts worn by colleagues and fellow campaigners, Bill did the whole suit which you might also have been fortunate enough to see him wear in the vicinity of Flinders Street Station, shading himself and a pair of floppy ears, as you do, under a nuclear umbrella. To wake from the horror of nuclear nightmares, Bill knew you need not only hope, but also humour. Bill writes, What can each of us do that might move us along the road to a solution? And what exactly constitutes a solution? In the world of pragmatism, where deals must finally be cut, a treaty to ban nuclear weapons once and for all is urgently required, not just negotiated, signed and ratified by the world's parliaments, but implemented all the way to zero. Maybe this route seems pedestrian, but there is no other. We must resuscitate, rejuvenate and exploit the tradition of international cooperation that has achieved bans on chemical and biological weapons, landmines, even dum-dum bullets, but not yet on the world's worst weapons of terror. Bill, you can't be replaced and you will always be missed. We commit to honour your leadership in the great work of building a peaceful and tolerant world free of the menace of these inhuman weapons. was Senator Scott Ludlam farewelling nuclear disarmament agitator extraordinaire Dr Bill Williams in the Senate. Before Scott, we heard from Regina McKenzie, Adnyamutna woman defending her land from a radioactive waste dump in the Flinders Ranges, Enos Marsh, Adnyamutna elder, and Lucy Lester, Yankanjara woman, speaking about the legacy of the nuclear bomb tests and saying no to the nuclear poison. This has been The Radioactive Show, produced in the studios of 3CR on the land of the Kulin Nations and broadcast all across these stolen lands we call Australia on the Community Radio Network. The music you've heard on this show is from the Free Music Archive. You can get in touch with us by emailing radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook or call up the station on 03 9419837. Thanks for listening and for a nuclear-free future.
Global Intifada, bringing you current affairs through revolutionary and protest music from around the world. Every Thursday afternoon from 5 till 6 on 3CR. Because music is our bomb. Jail black males in Australia nationally at a rate five times greater than apartheid South Africa jailed black males in 1993. The suicide and self-harm rates are the highest in the world and the life expectancy gap is the biggest in the first world. You know, Australians don't like hearing the truth about how bad things are, but the more we resolve from it, the longer this is going to continue. Black fella, white fella, it doesn't matter what you colour. Mainstream media is not interested in this stuff. It doesn't find space to talk truthfully and deeply about issues that affect all Australians. The only place predominantly you will find that with any real depth is on community radio, and 3CR has been one of the great leaders in that. So if people are wondering where they should spend their hard-earned cash, I would suggest 3CR is a bloody good place to start. What your name is, we got the hand. Lots of changes, we need more brothers. 